when the high priest in the time of Jesus was putting Jesus on trial, the high priest was so upset that Jesus said he was the son of God that the high priest actually tore his robes in direct violation of Leviticus chapter 21. And he was the high priest and he never ever should have done that. High priests are very educated people and he would have known a high priest never tears his clothes in to show like his horror over something. Hey, faithful listener, grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast that's hilarious, informative, imaginative, and fun. The P40 Ministries podcast. Listen now as we go through the book of Leviticus. Hello, guys. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries podcast. Hope you all had a really great Easter weekend this weekend. And uh, let me know what you guys did for Easter, actually, and what you ate. In fact, tell me what your favorite food was for Easter this year. My favorite food is chocolate. (laughs) So when I um, let me just tell you the story real quick before we begin. So last week I promised my niece that I was going to get her an Easter basket for Easter because she was up in town for a little bit. And if I'm being 100% honest, the only reason I really wanted to give her an Easter basket was so that I also could go buy some chocolate for myself. (laughs) I'm not even joking. Like, of course, I wanted to get my niece like an Easter gift, but there's no way I'm going and buying chocolate for my niece and not buying some for myself. (laughs) (laughs) So that was definitely a motivator for me to like put an Easter basket together for my niece was so that I could also buy chocolate for myself. And uh, unfortunately, I ate through all my chocolate before Easter, so I don't even have any left. (laughs) But I love chocolate. I don't know if I've, I've mentioned that on the podcast, though, before. I really, really enjoy chocolate. But all right, let's go ahead and talk about Leviticus chapter 21 10 through 24, we're going to be talking about how to be a high priest. So this is more rules for um, not just the priests now, but for the high priest. So let's see what God has to say in Leviticus 21, 10 through 24. I'll be reading out the W.E.B. this morning. He who is the high priest among his brothers, upon whose head the anointing oil is poured, and who is consecrated to put on the garments, shall not let the hair of his head hang loose, or tear his clothes. He must not go into any dead body, or defile himself for his father or for his mother. He shall not go out of the sanctuary, nor profane the sanctuary of his God, for the crown of the anointing oil of his God is upon him. I am Yahweh. 
He shall take a wife in her virginity. He shall not marry a widow, or one divorced, or a woman who has been defiled, or a prostitute. He shall take a virgin of his own people as a wife. He shall not profane his offspring among his people, for I am Yahweh who sanctifies him. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Say to Aaron, None of your offspring throughout their generations who has a defect may approach to offer the bread of his God. For whatever man has a defect, he shall not draw near. A blind man, or a lame man, or he who has a flat nose, or any deformity, or a man who has an injured foot, or an injured hand, or a hunchback, or a dwarf, or one who has a defect in his eye, or an itching disease, or scabs, or who has damaged testicles. No man of the offspring of Aaron, the priest, who has a defect shall come near to offer the offerings of Yahweh made by fire. Since he has a defect, he shall not come near to offer the bread of his God. He shall eat the bread of his God, both of the most holy and of the holy. He shall not come near to the veil, nor come near to the altar, because he has a defect, that he may not profane my sanctuaries, for I am Yahweh who sanctifies them. So Moses spoke to Aaron and to his sons and to all the children of Israel. So yeah, this is talking about the high priest and different rules regarding the high priest, especially in verses 10 through 15. So the first verse, verse 10 here says that um, the high priest shall not let the hair of his head hang loose or tear his clothes. So that is some really, really old fashioned language. Basically, these two things, letting the hair of the head hang loose or tearing the clothes, those two things were actually something that people would do to like show that they were um, like horrified by something. So they would like put on this dramatic display of like uncovering their heads if they were a man and then like tearing their clothes as well. In fact, moving forward into scripture, we will see a lot of that. Like men are constantly tearing their clothes in scripture. <laughs> Like, I think King David, like, tore his clothes, like, every other chapter. He was, like, upset about something, and he'd tear his clothes. And I'm just like, man, like, how he must have a lot of shirts in order to tear everything. But, yeah, tearing the clothes in this day and age was definitely something to show that you were, like, super distraught by something. You could be in mourning. You could be, like, upset about something. You could have heard bad news. Uh, it doesn't matter. Like, it could have been honestly anything that people teared their clothes over if they were just horrified. It was just, like I said, a dramatic display. And then they, would, of course, would uncover their heads as well. So God is saying to the high priest that if he is a high priest, and it says that um, he has the anointing oil poured on him and he is consecrated to put on the garments. And you remember what garments I'm talking about. The beautiful garments that the high priest was supposed to wear. I mean, it was like super beautiful. It was like made of gold and purple and red and blue and all sorts of different colors. And there was like bells on the garment. And just it was a really gorgeous garment that these high priests would wear. So to the high priest specifically, he was not supposed to show horror in any way, as in like he is so distraught about something that he tears his clothes or uh, takes the hat off of his head, the turban off of his head. And I mean, this is not saying that this man, the high priest, can't ever like take his turban off. Of course he can. But this is specifically in a mourning type of sense. So, for example, if the high priest heard some bad news, like some military was invading Israel, <clears throat> the high priest could not tear his clothes and uncover his head to show his horror to everybody. 
And I would say the main reason was because the high priest was supposed to have commune with God and he was supposed to have great faith in God. So if he heard horrible news, the high priest was supposed to act differently in a sense to maybe calm the people down in that kind of situation, maybe to show that he had faith in God to get the nation of Israel like out of that situation. So he wasn't supposed to show that kind of mourning or horror in a sense that other people were were allowed to show. The high priest was different. So when the high priest in the time of Jesus was putting Jesus on trial, and we literally just read this a, a couple months ago in the book of Mark, the high priest was so upset that Jesus said he was the son of God that the high priest actually tore his robes in direct violation of Leviticus chapter 21. And he was the high priest, and he never, ever should have done that. High priests are very educated people, and he would have known a high priest never tears his clothes in to show like his horror over something. But yet that high priest did in direct violation of um, this command towards high priests. So yeah, the high priest was never supposed to tear his clothes or sh- uh, show that kind of, I guess, earthly distraughtness <laughs> is the best way to put it. So he was supposed to act differently, act in a way of faith, act in a way that uh, he knew God had whatever issue was happening and just do that kind of thing. And honestly, that would if the high priest was the spiritual leader of all the people that would calm the people down if they saw the high priest displaying so much faith in God to take care of whatever situation it was. So in verse 11, it says that the high priest must not go into any dead body or defile himself even for his mother or for his father. So in other words, we talked about how the priests, not the high priest, but the priests were allowed to um, go near dead bodies if it was a close relative. But the high priest was not allowed to for any dead body, not even his mother, not even his father, not even his wife, not even his kids, nobody. And this was because the high priest was like the most holy person in the entire nation of Israel. So since a dead body would actually cause somebody to become ceremonially unclean for seven days, the high priest was never supposed to be ceremonially unclean as much as he could control it. So for the dead body thing, the fact that he wasn't supposed to be ever ceremonially unclean kind of shows the importance of the high priest as being somebody that was always there for the people. Like the high priest really had to take his role very, very seriously as somebody who needed to go and talk with God whenever he could and make sure that he remained ceremonially clean for that job. But then here in verse 13 and 14, it talks about his marriage. So the high priest was not supposed to take any girl as a wife who was a widow or divorced or a woman who had been defiled or a prostitute. So basically no woman who had had sex before. He was supposed to take a virgin wife. And this is kind of just more of an analogy of showing the amount of um, purity, I suppose, that the high priest was supposed to have even in his own family. 
And he, as, as the high priest, being the leader of his people, he was showing his people the correct way to live as well. You have to remember just the importance of the role of the high priest, how much in the public eye he would be, how he was the leader of his people, how he was the special person that was showing people how to live by telling the commandments to the people, by telling God's word to the people, and also by doing it himself. So this is why the high priest has a special set of rules that even the priests don't have and what the the common person didn't have. So the high priest was set apart as very, very different for a very good reason, because he was supposed to help people come to a place of forgiveness with God. So here in verse 15, he shall not profane his offspring among his people. So this means that this high priest has to take really good care of his kids. He has to take really good care of his family, his wife, his kids, everybody. And this kind of relates a little bit to 1 Timothy chapter 3, uh, 1 through 5. So I'm actually going to read that real quick, and I'm reading it out of the NLT. It says, This is a trustworthy saying. If someone aspires to be a church leader, he desires an honorable position. So a church leader must be a man whose life is above reproach. He must be faithful to his wife. He must exercise self-control, live wisely, and have a good reputation. He must enjoy having guests in his home, and he must be able to teach. He must not be a heavy drinker or be violent. He must be gentle, not quarrelsome, and not loving money. He must manage his own family well, having children who respect and obey him. For if a man cannot manage his own household, how can he take care of God's church? So Paul is talking here in 1 Timothy 3 about what pastors nowadays are supposed to be like, their families and their their temperament. And one of the main rules is he has to be faithful to his wife. Like that's one of the first rules, actually. Uh, It says, yeah, he must be faithful to his wife. That's the first rule. And uh, if you look in the footnotes, it actually says he must have only one wife or must be married only once. And so a church leader, we know of them as pastors, but they are in a sense kind of tiny high priests, if that makes sense. I, I don't know if that's a good analogy, but they are the overseers of the church, just as the high priest was the overseer of um, the entire nation of Israel. The pastor is supposed to lead his church well and not just lead them through words, but lead them in a way of showing them how to live. So a pastor needs to be different, needs to be set apart in a sense, just as the high priest was. And so the pastor has to be faithful to his wife or be married only once or have only one wife. He can't uh, be out and about with all sorts of other women, just as the high priest And then it says that he must manage his family well. So his children, his babies, growing up, they must not be disobedient or wild, but they have to respect and obey him the same way that the church, in a way, respects and obeys the pastor. And Paul explains why he says this in verse 5. For if a man cannot manage his own household, how can he take care of God's church? So the same exact thing. I mean, this correlates almost exactly to Leviticus 21 with the high priest. The high priest had to manage his family well. And it says in verse 15, he shall not profane his offspring among his people. So he has to have children similar to that pastor who 
are respectful and obey God's laws. This high priest has to be very similar. And it really is interesting, the correlation and how similar the New Testament is with the Old Testament. Just the more I'm reading through everything and like really studying it, the more I'm starting to realize that. And it, it, sometimes like this podcast, I swear, it's like for me sometimes. <laughs> like I, I'm doing it to bring it to you guys, but then like I learned so much through it. So yeah. But anyway, verse 16 all the way to verse 24 talks about how the high priest or really any of the priests were not supposed to have any kind of physical defects. So they couldn't um, have any like injured feet or hands is what it says. They couldn't be lame or blind. This one says you can't have a flat nose, but I think other versions say that um, like any kind of like facial deformities. He couldn't have any itching disease or scabs. It also says damaged testicles. So he couldn't have any damaged testicles. And he also couldn't be hunchbacked or dwarfed. So basically the priest had to be similar as to the lamb. Because you remember the lambs also could not have, have any kind of like blindness or skin diseases or um, they couldn't be lame. Nothing like that. So the lambs that you bring to God had to be perfect. Perfect as a lamb could get, I suppose. But kind of the same thing for a um, high priest. And I think that there's two reasons for this. And no, I don't believe that God hates people who are hunchbacked or are lame or blind. I don't think that this is the point of this. But I think that there are two reasons that God put this rule in place. The first reason was just the analogy of it. The analogy of removing deformities from the spiritual life. So God was removing deformities in almost every single way you can think of from the temple. Though they were physical deformities... It was an analogy. I mean, God often uses analogy and pictures and stories to get our attention and to show us uh, how what we're supposed to do, basically. But the second reason is if somebody was like super sick, like say, um, you know, a person was blind, the, the a blind man could not really become a very successful high priest. He couldn't really carry out all the stuff that God had him do as his role of the high priest or even as just the priest. I mean, that would be potentially dangerous, honestly, to put a blind man in a situation where there's fire happening quite often. So, I mean, that's a very practical reason of just the man need to be able to be healthy so that he could carry out the role of the priest or the high priest. But... The thing I love about this is it says, and God makes it very clear, I'm not putting this rule in place because I don't like people with physical deformities. He says right here that these people with physical deformities still get to share in God's blessing. It says they may still eat the bread of God. So they may still have communion and fellowship with God. They're just not put in the priestly role, but they can still partake and they can still be a part of the priest's family and should be still part of the priest's family. And they can still eat God's bread, that fellowship bread that we talked about before. And they can still eat of the offerings, the peace offerings, and still be included in everything. I mean, God loves everybody. So nobody is excluded from sharing in that fellowship with God. And I just, I, I think that's so great that God honestly clarifies himself of saying, Look, it's not because I don't like a person who is crippled. I, I love that person. They can still share 
in my blessing, of course. Then to conclude here in verse 24, Moses spoke to Aaron and to his sons and to all the children of Israel. So everything God relayed to Moses was now being relayed to Aaron, to his sons, and to everybody, all the children of Israel, everything that God had to say. Well, guys, thanks for tuning into this episode, and I hope that you're enjoying Leviticus. I hope that I'm uh, bringing it to you in a way that you guys can understand and um, that uh, you're enjoying it. And you know what? Even though Leviticus has had its challenges for me uh, with research and just studying and understanding God's goodness through everything, it's it's really been eye-opening to me to just see how good God is and how much he loved his people. And even though these rules are in place, they were for the people's own good. And so many of them are just repeated now in the the New Testament. I made a joke the other day that I'm like talking about Paul in every single one of my Old Testament episodes recently. And I did again today. (laughs) I read 1 Timothy. But it's just so funny how it just all like ties together. And I mean, Paul wrote a lot of the... uh, a lot of the New Testament. So yeah, I, I just love it. But anyway, I hope you guys are enjoying it as well. Feel free to contact me, you know, if, if you ever have a prayer request or anything, or even a comment or an idea, you know, of something that the podcast could do or change or whatever. But yeah, I would love to hear from you guys. I love hearing from you guys. So contact me at p4eministries.com slash contact. You'll find um, my email address right there. And it will go straight to my inbox and I'll see it from you guys. But anyway, guys, I really hope you have a great day and that you are blessed. As always, happy listening and God bless.